they sat everyone down and made everyone watch um, these YouTube videos made by this very flamboyant and sassy musical theater guy who uh, does this weird like video series where he like talks back to Trump and then parodies him with like musical theater. So the one we saw was uh, uh, Cheeto Christ Stupid Czar, I think. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess that's better, but also the way that boomers like interact with uh, politics and political satire is exhausting it really is we were cringing <laughs> so hard we were like oh my <laughs> god this is this is rough it's like i'm glad you're not trump supporters but holy fuck protect the neck it's Think outside the box set. Cameron, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you know... Op- opposite of yes <laughs> Do you know the uh, the famously racist um, Adrian Brody SNL character? Oh, my God. Where he puts yes. on the weird okay. wig and he his catchphrase I, is, protect a neck. I do. And that's, that's a great way to intro this episode because that's ex- there's a lot of... <laughs> Weird minstrelsy in this album yes. that we're going to talk about today. This is Relapse by Eminem. Relapse by Eminem. This is a podcast about learning to appreciate an artist's back catalog. I'm Nathan Hunt. That's Cameron DeWitt. Um, and this is... Uh, half of these songs are the auditory equivalent of the middle-aged white lady who goes to Jamaica and smokes pot once and gets cornrows and comes back uh, talking about Irie. Wait, is that a thing? Oh, you <laughs> you don't know these middle-aged white ladies getting cornrows and stuff? <laughs> Oh, this <laughs> I've successfully uh, oh, Cameron, avoided I'm gonna do, them, I guess. I'm going to do a Google search for white lady cornrows. I mean, I know about white ladies with cornrows. But, but it's, it's definitely a phenomenon of them coming back from vacation uh, to a tropical or island place. Right. And uh, coming back with cornrows. So, yeah, Eminem does do a lot of like... Mm, he, he does a lot of cultural borrowing <laughs> that's one way to put or it bad imita- or bad imitations uh in this album and it's kind of hard to say why like i didn't really look at the background to this uh what's the backstory to this album other than him getting clean a year before and then struggling to stay clean i guess mm-hmm. is what this album's about uh you've sent me a message and oh yikes yep uh, not a great not a great look nope <laughs> it's a photo of a lady on vacation with cornrows a white lady i should say uh yeah so this is it's kind of an album about um his relapse and recovery and stuff he talks about getting sober but he also talks about um doing a lot of weed and really cel- celebrating a lot of weed which is odd to me because I feel like usually when people are in like the 12 steps or they describe themselves as sober, that means they don't do marijuana or alcohol. I mean, not that I'm the expert or anything. sounds like you're the expert, Mark. Yeah. Um, But on the subject Uh, of accents, Eminem uh, did say, I recorded at least 50 to 60 albums for songs for that album. And on each one, I would get a little more. Okay. We get a little more drastic with the accents, trying to bend the words and make them rhyme in ways they wouldn't. If you just said them regular, 
<laughs> okay. Side note, uh, having an accent is not saying something regular, according to Eminem. Cool. Uh, he continues, it was this gradual thing, and I didn't even realize how accent heavy the album got. Paul Rosenberg didn't realize it either until he went and played the music for somebody at Interscope, and they were like, why is he doing all those accents? <laughs> so yeah, I don't know how much replay value that album has, he says. Whoa, interesting. It's sort of like the the classic, you know, frog being slowly boiled in a pot of water. Um, but the frog is Eminem and he's boiling himself and, uh, with the water is his <laughs> his accent. Yeah, his weird appropriative uh like weird faux island accents. Uh So so he acknowledges in that quote uh, that was sort of messed up and that kind of dates the album in uh yeah <laughs> like yeah interesting when uh, was this interview from? uh it doesn't say but it does say that uh he reiterated some of the same sentiments in 2018 uh where he says relapse is something i went back to and cringed at like jesus christ i didn't realize i was doing that many accents <laughs> Uh, that something interesting, this is a kind of a vulnerable story. Something interesting has been happening to me that is kind of similar where I, as an affirmative, uh, noise, I would say, yes. Oh yes. And then yes. And then it would get longer. And then lately it's like, Oh no, did I just say yas? (laughs) (laughs) And then I was just like, Oh man, I don't know if I should be doing that like that. I don't think that's for me to say, but it just sort of like, uh yeah i got boiled slowly <laughs> like until all of a sudden i was uh stealing from culture it can um, be hard not and i'm not pulling to? it trying to pull it back yeah it can be you, you can it can be um uh it, you, it can kind of sneak up on you i should say um like like when it's like the the people who go to a different country or go traveling somewhere and then they come back with like sort of an accent no (laughs) like like the the insufferable person who studies abroad in london for a semester and comes back with like an accent or a half like uh british accent right you know um and i found myself or uh the person who like goes on tour in australia and starts (laughs) starts talking about tim tam blasters or whatever (laughs) (laughs) um as a side note uh for the tim tam blasters <laughs> <laughs> i forget what you called them but <laughs> uh i don't remember yeah. either. uh yeah as a side note it uh as of this recording of of friday it is the day after bob marley day which uh my oh, father-in-law right. carlos jones texted me about yesterday to uh wish a happy bob marley day so happy bob yeah. marley day everyone for the real the real uh, version of what Eminem is kind of appropriating here. It's a day where you you get to and should do everything that Bob Marley would do <laughs> if he were still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nothing problematic there. Yeah. Uh, oh I can't wait for Kobe Bryant day. <laughs> Yikes. Um, yep. So, you know, we can appreciate the good things about Bob Marley. We did a whole season. We did, that. yeah. Yeah. Similarly, it it's complicated, but we can appreciate Kobe Bryant while also recognizing that he was a rapist. Absolutely. Um so so here's something uh you were saying right before we started. By the way, sorry my voice is squeaky. Um 
I was trying to, I was doing some songwriting, which I normally don't do uh, anymore. Uh, I was doing that last night at the piano and I was trying to sing quietly in a high register, mm. uh, a la Sufjan Stevens. Oh. <laughs> and it uh, turns out this is a bad way to sing uh, on a few levels. Uh, <laughs> and I totally wrecked my voice by... Um, uh, sounding real sexy for a minute. <laughs> Ooh, well, I, I definitely understand. I am sure I sounded way worse uh, last episode where I was sick and oh, yeah. I pretty much remember nothing from that episode, by the way, the recording of it or anything. Oh, really? It's like I, can't uh, even, I was so out of it. <laughs> we got some good feedback from it, from our Oops All Tangents episode. Yeah. But, but auditorily, it was sort of like, um, how did... How did Hamlet's dad die? Wasn't it poison, poison in the ear? In the ear yeah. Wasn't that it? Yeah, it was like that. <laughs> so we're we're Shakespearean and sophisticated, is what you're saying? Cameron, I agree. Yeah. yeah. We're so, so sophisticated. Uh oh, but I was gonna say, you said that this album was bad. And to counter that, I would say that the the rap in it is incredible. Yeah, he does like, rap. The well. musicianship is probably the best he's done so far it's so good it that that the, his flow is very good uh his almost accent almost is not. every well yeah he doesn't constantly it's not that bad i don't think like it's there's like, a few songs where it's, it's like half of the songs on this album really it's okay. really prevalent his his musicianship in this i think is the best that we've seen of his so far which is is rough because uh of that the minstrelsy aspect, but also because a lot of the content it's, it's a slim shady album for the most part. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's there's, mostly edgelord stuff. There's a and, lot of rape on this album. So yeah, it's specifically rape and it's, yeah, it was hard to listen to and yeah. it's done with, you know, I didn't get the impression that he was so much responding to, uh, like leaning into the edgelord aspect of it, like, oh, you're going to be so offended. Like he says he's doing that in the album. But for me, I, I sort of feel like Eminem just has this like weird chip on his shoulder where he has to, like, he has all of this, he has to have an outlet for all this, this energy, this like edgelord energy. And he has to just put it out there. Yeah, It's been four years since he's made an album. Mm -hmm. So he has to just like, really double down on it and then uh that's like that's how it made me feel it's like oh what like why are, you just have to do something with all this right yeah <laughs> it's like you have to like a uh, punch a pillow or something yeah it's like just a catharsis all over us um yeah and it helped that he did it in a way that was musically fascinating but yeah. still just like come on <laughs> i don't want to hear this. exactly yeah so we should we should uh say uh, content and trigger warning for sexual, lots of sexual assault and homophobia and uh, yes, incest. Uh, lots of the the f word. Yes, the bad one and the c word. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's let's dig in. Oh boy. Yum yum. Eat it up. Uh, do you want to start with uh, any? Do you want to do any of the skits or just skip them? Skip skit. Uh so it starts with the skit. Well, we don't have to like listen to it, but it starts with a skit where he's like trying to get out of rehab, but then it turns into a nightmare and the person's like, Oh, you don't have to do the 12 steps or here, take all these pills. And it turns into a devil person. And, uh, yeah. Yep. That's, it's actually kind that's of a good entertaining. I thought 
um yeah because the the actor who's playing the doctor like kind of gradually transforms into like this devilish character voice which is fun yeah yep uh do you want to talk about 3 a.m in the morning as uh eminem helpfully specifies yes wake up naked at mcdonald's with blood all over me dead bodies behind the counter shit yes i must have just blacked out again not again it's 3 a.m in the morning put my key in the door body's laying all over the floor and i don't remember how they got there but i guess i must have killed them killed them i said so this is kind of a, a night of the axe style rampage only Eminem seems to be kind of uh, dissociative and not really realizing he's going on this uh, murder spree. Yeah. And then at one moment, he's just masturbating to Hannah Montana. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's just sort of thrown in there, which by the way, there's a music video for this, which is, it's a very like uh, found footage, horror film, like pastiche and, there's some Blair Witch in there and it's just very serious and very dramatic. And he's like, you know, murdering all of these people in this um, rehabilitation clinic and uh, all that's going on while he's like basically doing a slim shady section in one of his verses and talking about, actually, I think I have a sound sample of this. Let me see. Oh yeah. It's the one that says jacking off to Anna Montana. Here we go. Once again, musically amazing. Right. He rhymed Hannah Montana with lanolin, bust all over the wall paneling, mm-hmm. <laughs> dismantling every candle. Oh my goodness. That's uh, very silly. Um, but yeah, Night of the Axe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that a lot of this album is, I'm guessing that he's processing his four years of probably being a terrible father because he was like addicted to pills the whole time. <laughs> Cameron, 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 let's not stigmatize drug addiction. I'm sure he was a terrible father for all kinds of different reasons. Okay. <laughs> I, I think that similar to like him not having an edgelord outlet, he also probably needed to do some confessing and like there's just not enough room in this one album so he in in a lot of these songs he's just like the worst kind of person he's a serial killer he's a serial rapist like in multiple songs like i think he's processing some guilt Mm -hmm. and doing it in a very like ugly violent chaotic way yep and um yeah, he seems to just have a, a, also a very like large chip on his shoulder. There's literally one song where he's like, I guess it's time for you to hate me again. So yeah. he definitely is pretty defensive on this album also. Yeah, I when he said that, I was just sort of like, I, mean, I feel like everyone's over it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like you're just posturing. Yeah, it's been five years, it dog. It's have like the same, the same potency. Right. You know, like, um, you know, we've had five years of, south park being more offensive yep. <laughs> at this point you know? <laughs> uh you want to play that sound sample where it says he's back uh just some pretty amazing flow yeah 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I think he, he does a pretty good job in this album of, of, of towing the line between just word salad and, and um, actual storytelling. And this is kind of an example of that. Like some of it is just words thrown together, but they all have the words have a feeling that has a sort of poetic resonance. But then he's also saying specific things like I'm a hooligan who's used to using hallucinogens. Right. Yeah. Causing hallucin illusions again. Like that all has explicit meaning. Right. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like impressed by his, uh, musicianship and and lyric lyrical prowess i agree um let's see anything else about yeah i guess you have another sound sample i do not you do it says oh you put the wrong number on it okay that's for the next song which is called my mom how about we listen to that my mom You ain't my keeper, I'm sleeping What the fuck you keep on fucking with me for? Slut, you need to leave me the fuck alone I ain't playing, go find you a white crayon And color a fucking zebra My mom love Valium And lots of drugs That's why I am like I am Cause I'm like her Because my mom love Valium Yeah, this is one of those songs that kind of has an accent It's not as strong as some of the other ones Yeah I feel like... I mean, he talks about this in the song. He's just like, you're all probably tired of hearing me talk about my mom. Uh, I mean, that's almost a direct quote. Yeah. It's like, I, and, and he's right. I am. Yeah. I like, theoretically, I wouldn't necessarily be tired of him talking about his mom, but he kind of just says the same things over and over again. And yeah. And he's, he's oversimplifying it more than he ever has. Oh yeah. In, in a non sympathetic way where he's, He's he's just blaming her and for all of his shortcomings. And at this point, he's like, you know, he has all the resources at his disposal to like take responsibility for his part and all this. And it's just like it's not a good look. Nope, it is not. Yeah. So yeah, he basically just blames everything on her. Um. Yeah. There's. I remember this one time I I wrote this poem in Bill Jolliffe's poetry class, um, who taught both of us poetry um, mm-hmm. at our school. Um, one of the few cool, well, actually, there was a lot of cool professors at George Fox University, which otherwise is a alma mater that we disdain, repudiate. Uh, yeah, but uh, Bill Jolliffe's cool. Yeah, um, and I submitted this one poem to him that was like extremely personal and he was just like hey this is really good there's a lot of good stuff in here you might consider um you might consider not sharing this this might not be a poem for everyone this might just be one for you Mm. and and i i think about that all the time as i like make art um and make things that are public you know it's like is this something that benefits other people hearing or is this something that benefits me that is just for me to hear now don't uh do you are you implying that he meant that it was like uh too vulnerable to share with other people or that it was like maybe too like self-focused or i mean i hesitate to use the Um, word self-indulgent but um, right. No, it was, it was more that it brought, 
other people. It was it was about my relationship to other people. Ah, I see. And that that like could be implicated in it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like this song uh, is sort of an example of that, um, where it's like he's being while well, he's not being vulnerable necessarily, but. He's being vulnerable in the sense that he's being ugly publicly. Yes. In a way that's not um, very profound. Yes, exactly. That's a vulnerable thing to do. <laughs> and it would be better if, you know, and in a way less vulnerable for him to be more vulnerable in his songs, which he does sometimes. Yeah. I, I wish he did it more. I, I wish so too. I thought that that's what this whole album was going to be, honestly. And we only get like two or three songs towards the end. Although I will say it was nice to have the end of the album be better. Because usually by the time we get to the end of the album, it's like, oh, when is it going to be over? Because they're so long. It's yeah. like early aughts CD length albums are just like a total chore. To this one's through. 76 minutes long. Um, and Whoops. and the, the maximum time for a CD, if I recall correctly, is 80 minutes. So he was almost getting there. Um, Anything else about the song or move on to the next one? Oh, wait, you have your sound sample. Uh, Your sound sample Um, says, my mom, is this supposed to be Caribbean hip hop? Yeah. Yep. It does sound like he's trying to do Caribbean hip hop. Yes. Uh, not only musically, but the voice he's putting on. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, also in the song, he specifically says in like all the verses are about his mom, how his mom forced him to take drugs and like would crumble up Xanax into his, into his food and shit. Yeah. And I'm under the impression that that's, not true and that he's being metaphorical like like he's saying like she may has well she may as well have mm-hmm. done that um but uh which i think is an interesting metaphor but ultimately it just feels like he's shirking responsibility and yeah it's not uh doesn't feel very self-aware right so i would have liked him using that metaphor in a way that was more self-aware mm-hmm. but i don't know um, I don't think he's earned our <laughs> <laughs> earned our trust at this point. Exactly. All right. Uh, next song is called "Insane." He's not nuts. Is he nuts? No, he's insane. There's a clear, clear dichotomy there. Yeah. So this is, I don't know, maybe the most off-putting song on the album. Uh, it involves his stepdad uh, just repeatedly raping him uh, when he's a child. Um, and then there's a lot of like violence or uh, like uh, other kinds of violence as well with a chainsaw um, biting, etc. cetera. Um, and Eminem has, uh, has said about it. <clears throat> it's pretty much all fiction. Eminem said it's a perfect example of a rhyme gone bad. Yeah. 
So that leaves me with the question, what is the fucking point of this song if it's a rhyme gone bad and it's all about sounds and rhymes? Why the fuck would you make such a detailed and involved song about your stepfather raping you? Like, what what is the point of that? Yeah, like, why not just make a word salad song? Yeah. Like, he did in, like he did an encore with that, like... Uh, uh, and I don't even got to make no goddamn sense. I just wrote a whole song and I didn't say shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, right. He, he has a, a song that's literally about that, you know, and it's super funny. Um, but it impressive lyrically. So, or rhythmically at least. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't seem, I, I get your point. It doesn't seem like it's actually about the, he's telling a very specific story and he doesn't stray from it at all. He wants to talk about his stepdad raping him, which by all accounts uh, did not happen. So, yep. And Uh, it even has less weight than him talking about his mom, you know, putting pills in his food because it doesn't seem to, it's like there's no clear indication of why he's telling this fabrication. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Is there a metaphorical way to it? I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, it's but like, I, I don't know. Once again, he, it's, it is impressive musically. Tech, yeah, on a technical level, sure. I don't know. We, we've we've seen kind of throwaway lines from him with, with kind of like a similar, just offensive, kind of provocative thing going on. But he just, he's it's so detailed and so involved on this song. Yes. It really takes yeah. it to the next level. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I just, Cameron, we're learning to appreciate Eminem, but I don't think I appreciate Eminem that much so far um i mean definitely on a technical level sure but especially if we just compare them to icp like icp usually had a larger point they were making with their provocative um songs and their uh just <laughs> over the top uh sex and violence Na- and nathan misogyny. you gotta stop doing this you're f- you keep forgetting how much pointless bullshit they had in their song cameron i no i if <laughs> I am not forgetting that. I am saying that overall, they they had a larger point they were making and uh, I, dabbled in yeah. social commentary and uh, constructed like this whole world building like metaphysical uh, yeah, order. I see what you mean. And yeah. they, they definitely had songs along the way, but they were kind of like detours in the context of a larger project they were doing. And it doesn't feel like Eminem is doing anything with any of his songs, really. Right. It's just like... Yeah, it, the theme for his thing is more just good rap (laughs) yeah but i was just reading an an interview with um kendrick lamar where he's talking about being like a 13 14 year old kid listening to i think the slim shady lp Mm. and just like taking notes which if i remember right was an album that i wasn't particularly impressed with lyrically but he was just like super influenced by it and like was trying to map out all of his rhymes and stuff so like (laughs) Yeah, it's just like kind of baffling to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, yeah, Eminem's a is a good rapper on a technical level, but I'm going to quote a movie that I've never seen. Uh Glenn Gray Glenn, Glenn Ross, what is this in service of? Like what is the point? Like what is Eminem even doing? Yeah. Well, to continue on that, should we talk about bagpipes from Baghdad? Oh, we should, I guess. 
Now, this is not uh, what the title promised, uh, you know, like I'm a bit of an ethnomusicology nerd and I, I got excited, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, no, it's... I thought it was a, an extremely fucked up and misheard cover of Outcast Bombs Over Baghdad. And he maybe he misheard uh, the word bombs as bagpipes. And he's like, bagpipes over Baghdad. Hmm, interesting. Mm. I'm going to cover that. Uh, so he calls Mariah a Mariah Carey a cunt and a whore in this. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah you, you love to see that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a lot of him talking about how much he wants to get together with Mariah Carey again and he wants to I don't know, punch Nick Cannon in the nuts for going out with Mariah Carey and because he wants to I don't know it's yeah why why what is it even why bagpipes from Baghdad I think it's just that's the that's what it sounded like to him like the beat oh I see so that that's it that's all really that's what I think yeah <sighs> yeah uh, we got some indiscriminate sexual assault also and some homophobia in verse three in the bed with two brain dead lesbian vegetables I bet you they become heterosexual nothing will stop me from molesting you titty fucking you till your breast nipples flesh tickles my testicles is that is what I said to the two conjoined twins how's it going girlfriends you need a boyfriend yeah so apparently she made a diss track for him called obsessed who did Mariah Carey. Oh, interesting. Uh, all up in the blog saying we met at the bar when I don't even know who you are saying we up in your house saying I'm up in your car, but you in LA, I'm out at Jermaine's. Uh, the chorus is why are you so obsessed with me? Boy, I want to know lying that you're sexing me when everybody knows it's clear that you're upset with me. Finally found a girl that you couldn't impress last man on the earth still couldn't get this you're delusional you're delusional boy you're losing your mind Mm. it's confusing yo you're confused you know why are you wasting your time got you all fired up with your napoleon complex seeing right through you like you're bathing in windex damn mariah carey yeah put him in his fucking place that's pretty pretty good and apparently he had a response as well called the warning um and i don't know if that's in a future album or if it's just its own its own song Hmm. Uh, yeah i don't know is it in one of the albums it doesn't doesn't say it's in it doesn't say it's in one of the albums Hmm. so let's see what does the chorus say here is there one no it's just all rap Hmm. i don't really want to read it all right now yeah but I doubt he burned her as good as she burned him in that one chorus. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. Who gets in well, a feud with Mariah Carey, honestly? It, yeah. It seems like he like, started it, too. Yeah. She's, I don't know a whole lot of, about her, but from what I know, she's, like, pretty uh, impenetrable in terms of like, people, like, hmm. I don't know if making I like, fun of her. Like that word. Well, you brought attention to it in a weird way, so fuck you. <laughs> I guess. 
I mean, like people have like come at her for all sorts of things, like questioning, you know, you know, ca- calling her a whore or like questioning her, um, her blackness and there being a lot of colorism pointed at her and things like that. And she seems to have come through it all with a lot of integrity and swagger. So, mm-hmm. man, maybe we should talk about Mariah Carey. She would be really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, there Apparently are 20 her mother tracks, is Irish I American. There are 20 tracks, I think, in this album. We've only talked about five. Oh, boy. Shall we start getting more selective? Yes. Do you want to talk about Hello? Uh, no. All I want to say is that he says bust in a nap in it, and I think it's the best thing he's ever said. That's definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to constantly say that for the rest of my hey, life. Cameron, Cameron, did you happen to watch any of the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl commercials? No. Okay, well, you've heard about the um, you've heard about the planters, Mister Peanut thing, right? Yeah, that like they killed him off. Yeah, uh, in the Super Bowl, there the the it was the thing they were building up to. Their big um, uh, reveal was a commercial during the Super Bowl where Mister Peanut is reborn as a baby, Mister Peanut, and oh god, like Baby Groot or Baby Yoda, yeah, and. Um, and the way they want people to spread the news of this uh, miraculous second coming is using the hashtag baby nut. And oh, no. Rachel and Dustin and I just looked at each other with horrified looks on our faces. <laughs> Dear God. Yikes. Yeah. So, but <laughs> I don't know. Busting a nap, I guess, made me think of that somehow. Because uh, it busts in a nut. <laughs> baby nut it's really bad is it like hashtag baby nut yeah oh no Ugh, it's not good oh, oh god this song sucks this song hello let's not talk about it i hate i I hate that that's uh our episode title now baby nut <laughs> yeah that's really unfortunate <laughs> that that is bad oh uh, no what, how, what a terrible circumstance um so there's a skit called Tanya where he basically like uh, rapes a woman well, or abducts her. Abducts her. And then the next song called Same Song and Dance is when he's uh, threatening to rape and kill her. Yeah. And I got excited because it was Elizabeth Keener and I thought that that was Catherine Keener and then I got confused. Uh, it's not. <laughs> so I don't actually care. Um, there's the song We Made You. Um, that was which kind of I think is is musically at least interesting, yeah. Um, because there is uh, like a halftime swung beat, and he raps in double time over it. It's pretty cool. So maybe we should talk about that. Yeah, I liked it musically. Can he come back as nasty as he can? Yes, he can. Can don't ask me this again. He does not mean to last being a friend, but Lindsay, please come back to seeing men. Samantha's a two, you're practically a ten. I know you want me, girl. In fact, I see a grin. Now come in, girl. Yeah, so that's Champagne Trip in the chorus. Um, I, apparently, it is a uh, original chorus. It's not a sample of anything. Um, huh. And I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like the chorus. He says Jessica Simpson sing the chorus in the beginning. Really? Yeah, he says, guess who? Did you miss me? 
Jessica Simpson sing the chorus and then it's not her? I don't get it because, well, I mean, maybe it's wrong, but the genius says it's Champagne or Charmaine Trip rather singing the chorus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, what is this song about? I'm not really sure. Everybody wants you, player. Who can really blame you? We're the ones who made you. It's really unclear who we we is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he seems to talk about... He seems to be playing off of the public perception of him mm-hmm. in this, like verse two, the enforcer looking for more women to torture, walk up to the cutest girl and Charlie Horser. Um, and then he talks about a bunch of female celebrities and about like wanting to violently uh, rape or have sex with them. Uh, like- Including uh, some famous lesbians like Portia de Rossi about, and Ellen DeGeneres. He talks about lesbians a lot in this album in yeah. a, in a violent, like specifically being violent to lesbians. I don't think he's really done that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, at least not to this extent. And uh, which is interesting. Like, I wonder why I'm not as familiar with um, male homophobia towards lesbians. I know it's a thing, but I, I like I'm more familiar with it. Yeah, it's if anything like the stereotypical like macho bro guy is really into like lesbian porn and stuff. Right. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. Uh, But musically, I think this is. uh, (laughs) Sorry, I just read the lyric. Damn girl, I'm beginning to sprout an alfalfa. (laughs) (laughs) Why should I wash my filthy mouth out? I kind of like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Yeah, so I don't know. Play that sound sample and just everyone listen to the the rhythmic tension between the halftime chorus going into uh, the swung uh, uh, double time rap. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's rhythmically pretty interesting. Yeah. I agree. Uh, should we move on to medicine ball? Yeah. Or should we skip it? Um, I think we maybe should talk about it to address the weird obsession with Christopher Reeve that he has. Yeah, he hopefully puts it to rest here. <laughs> yeah. The rest of the Lunesta pills from my dresser. What's my kind of vibe? What else did I try, Lester? Drop kick the bitch before a second try, Lester. Perform the home abortion with Dexter the night. Yes, I'll dig a fetus out with a wire hanging than die. Um, I kind of like that chorus. I, like I kind of do too. His his delivery, he sounds like he's been put through some sort of filter that's raising his pitch, but I think he's just doing it. Yeah. Yeah, he's really that's good cool. at like um, imitation and uh, mimicry. I mean, we've we've heard him do like uh, uh, like scratching uh, imitation and it sounds he sounds really good doing that. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm not really sure. He's kind of doing word salad kind of stuff here. The beginning is, he says, welcome to the Slim Shady Mecca, Rebecca. It's the village in New York right next to Tribeca. That's my sector, homosexual dissector. Come again, rewind selector. I said, nice rectum. I had a vasectomy, Hector. So you can't get pregnant if I bisexually wreck you. It's like, what are you even <sighs> talking about? I don't know. It sounds good, like the delivery, but. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's mostly nonsense <laughs> and and homophobia. Uh, so yeah, he talks about Christopher Reeves. I sampled a big, pretty big portion of that verse. If you want to play it, yeah. I'm just a sick man. No, everybody's pissed at me like it's my fault. This name rhymes with so many different words. Jeez. So one <laughs> last funny. time, Mr. Christopher yeah. Reeves, won't you break it down for me and just spit the verse, please? Eminem, I'm coming to kill you. I've always hated you and I still do You'll never fill my shoes, my Superman costume Doesn't even fit you, they don't feel you You're taking this shit too far Who do you think you are? Hang my suit up in the armoire Every day I hate you more and more Throw down the cardboard, let's break dance if you think does, you're hard. Does he talk through one of those things? Christopher Reeves, or did he? I don't know I have no idea um, um, I think that's uh, Eminem doing the Christopher Reeves voice uh, yeah, I assume. Yeah. Because um, he talked about Christopher Reeves in one of the earlier albums, right? Uh, oh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Made a lot of uh, Christopher Reeves jokes to be tasteless on purpose. Oh, uh, apparently his name is actually Christopher Reeve. Oh, interesting. Which I thought it was, but then Eminem keeps saying Reeves. Um, well, maybe he's talking about someone else. <laughs> could be. <laughs> uh, maybe he's... Okay, Wikipedia says... Uh, Christopher Reginald Reeves was a British banker. Do you say Christopher? No, I said Christopher Reginald Reeves. Oh. Christopher Reginald Reeves. Or Christopher B. Reeves, who is a television dialogue editor. It's probably one of those two, the British banker or the television dialogue editor. I did know a guy who who was named uh, Christoful was his last name. It's a Greek last name. That's kind of like Christopher, but with an L on the end. Anyway, uh, he does get called out for his Christopher Reeves weird obsession uh, later in the album. Uh, I think in the next song, the next song actually, which is a skit. Yeah, in the in the skit. I th- I wonder if it's in the sound sample that I took. I think I think I did the whole thing. So. Oh great. Um, it's Paul. Um, <laughs> I just listened to the entire album. And you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> I mean, with this Christopher Reeves, <laughs> you know the guy's dead, right? And then the whole gay stepfather incest rape thing. I don't have your back on this one. I can't even fucking handle it. I'm done. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I don't remember what Stay Wide Awake is about. I didn't take any notes on it. I mean, we can skip it. Uh, let's do All Time Sake featuring Dr. Dre. I thought this was one of the best songs because it wasn't really about anything. It was just sort of uh, brag rap. Yep. You just and like it because it's old time music. I just, <laughs> yeah, like Bob Seger. <laughs> yeah. Dungeon, no one is safe from. In search of a brain surgeon, the great one. Wait, the date, funny man, it's urgent, I need one. Two boxes of detergent and the paint gun. And an emergency squirt gun to spray A1. So one more time for all the time set to trade. Drop that beat and scratch that break. Let's just blow a little bit of that smoke my way. And let's go. It's also kind of about smoking pot with Dr. Dre. Yeah. Uh, it's very catchy. Yes. That beat's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, Dr. Dre says, I'm still hungry and I'm back with a tapeworm. That's fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, dude. <laughs> That's, that is funny. <laughs> uh, how about you play that, one, that sample that just says flow? 
speak of the devil, it's attack of the rain man Chainsaw in hand, blood stain on my apron Soon as the blades fun fun, they run away from Who wanna play dungeon, no one is safe from In search of a brain surgeon, the great one Wait, it ain't funny man, it's urgent, I need one Two boxes of detergent oh, yeah, that's and the paint gun And an emergency squirt gun to spray A1 Yeah, so there's definitely um, some flow going on but also the weird caribbean voice he's putting on oh come on don't tell me you can't hear it yeah i guess he pronounces it he says it ain't funny man but he basically says like it ain't funny man yeah i guess i didn't really notice it in that example oh it's it it really stands out to me just in in earlier ones Yeah, yeah well Sometimes, I mean, we've talked about this before, but sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between like a stylistic delivery and like a specific accent. That's true. Yeah, that can be. Um, Like, is this like an affectation or is this an impression of an accent? Right. And to a certain extent, like different kinds of vocal delivery are common to different genres of music uh, for whatever reason. So like, you know, for instance, to take a little bit more innocuous example, like when uh, white Americans are performing like Irish traditional music, they will often sing very similarly to the way Irish people would sing them in a way that you could sort of say, it sounds like they're affecting an Irish accent almost. Um, Right. And it's, I think it's kind of arguable whether they're affecting the accent or if they're just trying to participate in the style of the genre itself. Yeah, I really appreciated when um, Carlos Jones of the Plus Band, uh, your father-in-law, came on the show to talk about Bob Barley for uh, one episode a while back. And he said, you know, he's American, so he just sings like a blues singer, but he's also singing reggae music, you know, and he kind of like figured out his own voice in a way that was true to him, but also to sing reggae, you know? So it's like, it sounds like he's affecting a reggae voice to some extent because he's singing in a, a, he's singing the act. Well, he's musically accenting in a way that sounds like reggae, but his voice, like the actual timbre of his voice sounds like he's American. Like he's a blue singer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta put some thought into this kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, I had one more sound sample from this if you want to play it. Nope, wait, that's the same one. Okay. <laughs> Take two. Because if it first you don't succeed, won't hurt to smoke some weed. Now the words are just a little more personal for me. I just thought that was funny. Drake's funny. Drake can be funny, yeah. Yeah, he also says some stuff that's just like, I don't know, kind of like callously offensive. Like he says, I'm Dre back from, in the, uh, from back in the day from NWA. From black and the gray, from choking a bitch to smacking her face. Yeah. You know, just like, he's like, yeah, this is like, uh, you know, all par for the course. And I was like, but the, why? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. And it's, it's such a, like, it's, it's such a weird thing. It's like, when is this trustworthy or not? Like, cause like w- once again, when Kendrick Lamar does it, it's just so clearly all theater. But when he does it, it's just like, this feels like you're not. I mean, you're engaging with a mythology, but it also seems like, I don't know, write in if you can correct me if maybe Dr. Dre is just like a performance artist or something, but it doesn't feel like that when he's Yeah, I mean, because specifically he did throw a woman through a door. Yeah, it's like, 
if you do that, you shouldn't be able to. Yeah, it's it's one thing um, to be like to say like performatively like oh we're I'm just like rapping about the violence that exists in the inner city or I'm kind of putting on this persona, but I feel like yeah. you lose that leeway once you actually start assaulting people and then talking about right. those specific assaults, particularly uh, more marginalized people or uh, absolutely historically oppressed people like women, like all women. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this song, I kind of enjoy the intro. He says, Eminem says, good evening. This is your fucking captain speaking. We will soon be reaching an altitude of four million and a half feet. That's 8 million miles in the sky. <laughs> please. And, he, he, and then he says, please he undo your seatbelt for takeoff. You are now free to smoke about the cabin. It's also <laughs> contradictory. <laughs> oh God. Four million and a half. He sort of hesitates like he's making it up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. But apparently they haven't even took taken off yet. <laughs> uh let's talk about a couple more songs. Okay, so he actually has some vulnerable songs like Deja Vu. I think is probably the best one. You wanna just skip to that one? Yeah, let's skip to yeah. it. Yeah. I think Number 14, Must Be the Ganja, has some pretty egregious uh, Caribbean imp- uh, appropriation impersonation, but let's skip Just it. Just go listen to it if yeah. you want to. <laughs> if you really want to experience more of that from M&M. Let's talk about Deja Vu. Mommy, something is wrong with that, I think. He's acting weird again. He's really beginning to scare me. Won't shave his beard again, and he pretends he doesn't hear me. And all he does is eat Doritos and Cheetos, and he just fell asleep in his car eating three months of tears in a beer seat. Sometimes I feel so alone, I just don't know. Feels like I've been down this road before. So lonely and cold, it's like something takes over me as soon as I go home. So yeah, this is what I thought this whole album was going to be, which is just introspection and like shame and guilt. Um, a lot of this song is, yeah, like what you heard in that sound sample is just him uh, speaking through the voice of Haley, witnessing her father spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I'm sure that was really rough to experience for him and for everyone around him. Yeah. Even as extremely wealthy people with privilege and resources, like that still sucks. Yeah, it's true. So. And yeah, he's, he's very uh, open about his um, process, uh, his uh, like, Addiction, he says, as I fall deeper into a manic state, I'm a prime candidate for the gene to receive the drug addict trait. Blood pressure climbs at a dramatic rate. I seem to gravitate to the bottle of NyQuil, then I salivate. Start off with a NyQuil, like, I think I'll just have a taste, a couple of sips of that, then I gradually graduate to a harder prescription drug called Valium. Like, yeah, that's great. I go to take just one and I end up, like, having eight. Yeah. Yeah, it's very prosaic, like, when you read it like that, but, like, the rhythm is pretty awesome. Like... He's able to take this, these um, just kind of procedural dry lyrics and sell them musically. It's pretty cool. Now, Cameron, are you saying that my my flow and my delivery is not as good as Eminem's? The, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm wounded. <laughs> but the point of that is not to. <laughs> uh, it is to insult you. How dare you not be a good rapper on our show? <laughs> who, who the fuck gave you the mic? <laughs> said that you could flow point him out man i want to know uh i enjoyed that how how indignant he was that yeah that's he was more angry at someone giving the person the mic rather than the person like actually being on the mic 
one of the uh, best classic. conceits in any of these songs. Uh, in the second verse, Eminem is saying, uh, you know, sort of this slippery slope, like, what if I just have a beer, um, you know, just watch watch a football game, have a beer. It's not a big deal. Maybe I'll just drink half a beer and then it just escalates. And, you know, then he's, uh, then he, all of a sudden he's drunk and he's, um, he has, uh, taken Vicodin and they, you know, find him and he wakes up in an ambulance cause they find him in the bathroom and yeah. 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 I, I think this might be the best song lyrically on the album, at least in terms of like content. Yeah. And it's also like, um, it's also good musically as well. Uh, I mean, I took some samples where I just, I just labeled them incredible and amazing because they are. So play those, please. Okay. Mr. DJ. See, this is what I want Eminem to become incredible yeah i want him to have really good flow and have those moments of humor the thing about the line about bologna is so fucking good uh but also just like be vulnerable and real and like actually have a point to what he's saying and yeah like make it artful yeah and all of that flow is like really specific has explicit meaning that makes sense in a prosaic and poetic way um but like he's saying all these really specific things. He says like, I had this alibi that I had pneumonia last Christmas, but I didn't. Um, it was actually methadone. Um, and then he's talking about high hiding hydrocodone inside of his porno VCR tapes. Um, and where he also hit his Ambien. Um, and then he's lying to his kid about it, but it's like all just so much information and storytelling, but in four lines. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's kind of an amazing feat. Yeah. And, th- and then the last three lines of this verse, go in the room and shut the bath- bedroom door and wake up in an ambulance. They said they found me on the bathroom floor. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's one uh, more sound I sample. I, yeah. This one's labeled incredible. I don't remember what it is. It's not the feel sick. Yeah, I'm getting by. Wouldn't even be taking this shit if the Sean didn't die. Oh, yeah. There's an excuse. You lose Bruce or you use. There's new rules. It's cool if it's helping you to get through. It's 12 noon. Ain't no harm in self-inducing a snooze. What else is new? Fuck it. What, what else is doing your shoes? Now, here I am three months later. Full-blown relapse. Just get high until the kids get home from school. Homes relax. And since I'm convinced that I'm an... Damn. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. He, so, so, he refers to his friend... Uh, Deshaun Holton, uh, aka Proof, who uh, died um, in 2004. When did he die? But uh, it, it definitely was something that um, it contributed to Eminem's spiral. He, he died in 2006, looks like. Hmm. So, in case we haven't talked about this in a while, I mean, could you talk about internal rhyming and like what that what that means? Sure. Yeah. So, like. Um, uh, the, in, at least in like poet poetics, um, typically you have a, a length of line and the, the main unit of poetry, one of the main units I should say is, uh, the line. And in hip hop, um, you oftentimes have, uh, lines defined by rhythm. And typically a lot of the way that forms work is that the ends of lines rhyme with each other, either in an AA rhyme scheme or a 
like A-A-B-B-C-C or something like A. Roses are red, violets are blue, something and something rhymes with blue. Right. That would be an A-B-C-B rhyme scheme. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So you you either like have lines rhyming with the very next line or uh, two lines. So like A-B-A-B, et cetera. Um, Internal rhymes would be when you, inside of the line, you have uh, things that either rhyme with the end of the line or a different word in the line. Um, So an example here is like when he says, couple of weeks ago go by it ain't even like i'm getting high so that's one line and he's got he kind of subdivides it in half and each half rhymes with each other um and then that that in turn rhymes with the following line now you need it just to not feel sick yeah i'm getting by so yeah to you know you another rapper might just say you know couple of weeks pass it ain't even like i'm getting high now i need it just not feel sick yeah i'm getting by and you yeah, just, just two rhymes yeah. in the predictable place. Yeah, but he he mixes it up a little bit by throwing in that little extra rhyme in the middle there. And then in that sound sample that I played, he has the ooh sound, and he's basically doing. It sounds like a snare drum like solo or like a like a cadence like in a marching band or something because he's 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 using the ooh sound in sort of every possible um, unexpected place in the line. Right, like. Um, play that again and just like listen where the ooh sound goes people who are listening uh, and uh, just notice how it it lands in a different spot in the rhythm or even people who aren't listening yeah you do that too actually that would be great yeah Oh yeah, there's an excuse you lose, Bruce, so you use. There's new rules. It's cool if it's helping you to get through. It's 12 noon. Ain't no harm in self-inducing a snooze. What else is new? Fuck it, what would Elvis do in your shoes? Now here I am three months later, full-blown relapse. Just get high and shoot the kids get home from school. Homes relax. And since I'm convinced yeah. I'm an insult. Yeah, that, that's... Also, the hmm? relapse and relax is an amazing rhyme. Yes, it really is. I love that. Yeah. <sighs> It's, it's nice to he, like to have something on this album. Like by the time this came, I just wasn't expecting anything, you know. And then I was just like, oh man, like a perfect marriage of like him at his best in his storytelling and in and more morally mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and vulnerability and musically, it's just all together in one package. It's an awesome song. Yeah, very good. I think this is the highlight of the album for me. Absolutely. The next song is like a inspirational song it's called beautiful and i think it's nice but the flow actually isn't very good and i don't think it's as potent so yeah i don't necessarily want to talk about it uh but i do want to talk about musically it could be like skip to underground sure it's the last song on the album Spilt on my silk negligee. Look, raise up a lace with me to make you bleed. Cases of Maybelline makeup lay on the table of weed. Slim shady, shit sounds like a fable to me. Till he jumps out the fucking toilet when you take a pee. <laughs> Here comes the rain and thunder now. Nowhere to run, to run to now. I've disappeared to wonder how. Looking for me, I'm underground. It feels like it's five the whole time. I. Th- I'm, I haven't really, I didn't have enough time to really analyze it rhythmically, but um, I can't, I couldn't tell if it's in 4-4 four, four or if it's in 5 or if it's just like I was like I'm talking about the Dilla beat in an earlier episode where the inside of the beats, it's subdivided, 
you know, into it's swung by groups of three and two as opposed to, you know, swung like like a triplet two and one. Mm-hmm. So it's just like divided in a weird way. It's it's the most rhythmically interesting song, um, especially in that chorus. Here comes the rain and thunder now. Nowhere to run. Um, it was really slippery rhythmically in a way that was pretty interesting. Yeah. I, I like how he uh, varies the pronunciation of certain words to fit the rhythm where he says razor belades with me to make you bleed. Yeah. Yeah. But then also, yeah, the content of the song fucking sucks. Like, yeah. It's just like it's really bad being offensive on purpose and being it's probably some of his worst homophobia. He says trigger content warning, etc. cetera. Uh, especially when I flex again and throw a fucking lesbian in wet cement. Then he just says, faggity, 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 raggedy, and and Andy. No, raggedy, Andy and Andy. Oh, that fucking uh, no, sucks. No, it can't be. It can't be. Yes, it can be. The fucking Antichrist is back, Dante. It's Satan in black satin panties. This is Amityville. So he's just using all of this sort of violence to just say, I'm the worst. And it's like, we we get it. We, Move yeah. on. This isn't, this isn't funny. Like, why are, why are you punching down so much when you, like, he has these moments, you know, like where he, like, is political or he punches himself when he deserves it, you know, and then it's just like, why do you keep coming back to this well? Like, this isn't clever. No. <laughs> There's nothing for it to be gained here. Yeah. Um yeah, it fucking sucks. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm hoping from Eminem that he like fucking grows up and uh, demonstrates more of what he was showing in Deja Vu and gets over his fucking like homophobia. And I think there may be a good chance of that, considering that uh, Elton John has ended up as his AA sponsor. Um, yeah. So hopefully that demonstrates him growing and changing. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, in t- in two important ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I w- like. I also understand that like Eminem, he was severely like underprivileged and disadvantaged in his childhood, and one of the worst ways that that manifests um, and is pointed at young men is like toxic masculinity, and it can take forever to get rid of it. Um, That's true, and that's what we're watching here. And it's like, even with all of his resources and all of his privilege that he's acquired, you know, he still just like, can't get over being afraid of being labeled gay, using gay, like uh, gay bashing as a weapon against people who aren't gay, uh, like, and hating women because like, you can't, it takes actual work. It doesn't just get better once you have your needs met. Right. Um, but it's just, it's a real, it sucks to have to like slog through it. Yeah. And to know that he's, and that there's more dangerous people that he's like, um, uh, he, he's enabling this sort of behavior in people. Right. And uh, I don't mean to keep comparing him to ICP, but I felt like ICP got over it a lot quicker. And uh, I mean, not that they're totally over it either by this point, but um right. I feel like they had a better perspective more quickly than Eminem did. Yeah. Um, quick side note. I've been in this uh, old time music shit posting group um, on Facebook, nice. which is this nerdiest thing I've ever been a part of. Um, and it's really interesting, like 
how how when the point uh, <laughs> when the point of a group is to sort of be edgy and to like get out your demons like how it's sort of this really strange common ground where it's like everyone just sort of being shitty all together and then it goes like for me it's been like sometimes i've wanted to quit and sometimes i've been like wow this is really really useful and it's really nice to have a place where i can just like um tell people to get fucked um <laughs> and to like say whatever i want to as like a public figure in the old time community and then it's just like no this is like a safe private group where i can do that i mean safe in quotations you know but like right but it is it is interesting how you watch this happen in real time you know it's like someone says something just to be funny and just to push buttons and then people jump on it that obviously it's not just funny to them it's serious you know it's like you know someone will make a joke about political correctness and then someone will say oh yeah like i hate when people are racist against white people <laughs> you know mm, like yeah you know and it's and i was just talking to one of my friends about it who um he <laughs> He was he was essentially saying that he was trying to process his feelings about like feeling like he he was getting bullied by politically correct people and he was processing processing his feelings in the shit posting group about feeling bullied by politically correct people and then he was saying how much it sucked to see actual racists sort of come to his defense <laughs> and like how such an awkward like he's like oh no like what do i do you know like like the, and yeah it's just been like really interesting and i think about that kind of thing while i'm like you know listening to eminem and it's like he it's all harmless for him you know he's just enjoying being offensive but he's activating all of these like you know if we've learned anything from 2010 to 2020 like <laughs> you know like like yeah people you know it's not just fun and games. Like if you have a gathering of people, there will be some sort of activated incel or race or rights supremacist who will drive a van through a crowd of people. Um, right. You know, it's happened. It's happened multiple times, you know, where it's like this, you can't just say whatever you want because there is someone who's going to take it really seriously. And um, everyone's just like uh, covered in gasoline and everyone's, you can't just light a match. Yeah. So, yeah exactly that's my soapbox yep. thanks <laughs> <laughs> alright well that's probably as good a place to end as any uh, thanks for listening everyone we'll be back next week with Eminem's album Recovery from 2010 it is oh boy it's also uh, almost 77 minutes long so it's also another long one yeah Yikes. well hopefully there's some actual real recovery in this one <laughs> yeah I hope so um, he did replace the O in the word recovery with, uh, a sort of like red cross. Sign. No, it's actually a, a white cross on a red background. So it's sort of a medical riff. Um, so maybe that's hopeful. I don't know. In the meantime, until next week, you can visit us online at boxset.website, email us at email boxset.website, check out the discord. The link will be in the show notes. Uh, you can go ahead and write us a review on iTunes. I mean, there's nothing stopping you. I mean, we, we certainly wouldn't wouldn't uh give you shit for it we won't we won't say boo um and it it, it actually helps us out uh, on the other hand <laughs> conversely um if you want to support us directly to help us keep making the show go to our patreon at support.boxset.website 
kick us a few dollars, two dollars or more per month, which is barely we anything. We won't hate you for doing that. We won't hate you for the, the supporting us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that'll get you access to all of our bonus content. We don't have uh, levels of bonus content for different kinds of supporters. Everyone gets everything, um, including our weekly mini show called What's in the Box Weekly. And what did we talk about this week, Cameron? Uh, well, we talked about... You You reviewed the, the movie Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. You did write uh, it down. Good for you. And uh, I reviewed, I finally watched John Wick and we have a, a conversation about what we think about the movie John Wick. So if you want our hot take, uh, you know what to do. Yeah. Sign up. Yeah. And I, I, we were having such a good time talking about movies and having fun that it was really hard to drag ourselves to talk about this album. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, like the thing, because <laughs> we have obligations on, you know, think outside the box set but uh what's in the box weekly is what we actually want to talk about it's like a playground yeah come play (laughs) with us warm-up space and sometimes it's uh even more life-giving than this show so go go check that out yeah i recommend it uh what i also recommend is cameron's other podcast which is called get up in the cool and it is about and is uh traditional musics uh mostly old-time appalachian style uh which is to say usually fiddle and banjo music but also edges into other genres uh including things like swedish folk music new mexican folk music um a lot of metis metis fiddling um what else what else uh like uh did you you uh I some like Irish dancers step dancer on recently yeah. recently yeah recently <laughs> My broken. Hmm. interesting there's traditional music on the show. Yeah. Uh, it's a good show and you should listen to it. I just had the uh, the Sassafras sisters who are my youngest guests, 14, 15, and 16 respectively. Wow. And at the time of recording, one of them just turned 16 and uh, specifically the 15-year-old. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Wouldn't that make her a 16-year-old? All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. I've been Nathan Hunt and I'm going to bust a nap. <laughs> I have a camera to it and um, hashtag baby nut. What's wrong with that? Oh, God. Apple-y-wo!